Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Mary, Queen of Peace Parish, as we celebrate the third Sunday in Advent. A special welcome is extended to those who are visiting with us today and to anyone returning home to our parish community. You are always welcome here. And I'd like to make special recognition and welcome to Dr. Edward Coker, our guest trombonist this evening. and my former boss, and he is going to give us a preview of um, uh, what our appetites for Christmas brass tomorrow afternoon. He will be accompanied by many others, uh, but tonight is his night. This weekend after the 9 a.m. Mass at St. Adalbert Church, Deacon Frank will lead children and families on a tour around the church. Individuals and families of all ages are welcome. Come with your questions and lots of openness to wonder. Assisting us today as our lectors are Gregory Zalesnik and Julie Shepard. Our altar servers are Anthony Durzo and Conrad Butler. I am your cantor, Christine Jordanoff. Our organist is Bill Brinzer. Our celebrants are Father Michael, assisted by Deacon Bob McMullen. Let us all now stand, if you are able, for the entrance procession and join with each other in singing our opening hymn, O Come Divine Messiah, number 401. the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. And with your spirit. Good evening, everyone. So third Sunday of Advent, of course, we light the pink or the rose candle, which helps us realize that Christmas and our celebration of joy and hope, God becoming fully part of our humanity, draws ever so near. And so as we gather, we continue to place ourselves in the trust, the mercy, the grace that God has for us, his people. And we ask God's mercy as we begin that we would more fully be open, mind, heart, and our experience to his presence so that we can hear and see and share him. Kyrie Heile 
Gathering our prayers together, let us pray. O God, who see how your people faithfully await the feast of the Lord's Nativity, enable us, we pray, to obtain the joys of so great a salvation and to celebrate them always with solemn worship and glad rejoicing. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Continuing to hear the great prophecies during the Advent season, this year and this cycle, hearing from all the prophet Isaiah, we hear from the 35th chapter, towards actually when they're in exile, where again, when the prophet speaks about the hope of the kingdom of God, that hope uh, affects all things. It affects nature, the cosmos. It even affects those who are marginalized, disabled. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The desert and the parched land will exalt. The steppe will rejoice and bloom. They will bloom with abundant flowers and rejoice with joyful song. The glory of Lebanon will be given to them, the splendor of Carmel and Sharon. They will see the glory of God the splendor of our God. Strengthen the hands that are feeble. Make firm the knees that are weak. Say to those whose hearts are frightened, be strong, fear not. Here is your God. He comes with vindication. With divine recompense, he comes to save you. Then, Will the eyes of the blind be opened? The ears of the deaf be cleared? Then will the lame leap like a stag? Then the tongue of the mute will sing. Those whom God has ransomed will return and enter Zion singing, crowned with everlasting joy. They will meet with joy and gladness Sorrow and mourning will flee. The word of the Lord. 
Thanks be to God. reading from the letter of St. James. Be patient, brothers and sisters, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient with it until it receives the early and late rains. You too must be patient. Make your hearts firm, because the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not complain, brothers and sisters, about one another that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing before the gates. Take as an example of hardship and patience, brothers and sisters, the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. The word of the Lord. 
The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When John the Baptist heard in prison of the works of the Christ, he sent his disciples to Jesus with questions. Are you the one who is to come, or should we look for another? Jesus said in reply, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind regain their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have the good news proclaimed to them, and blessed is the one who takes no offense to me. As they were going off, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go forth into the desert to see? A reed swaying in the wind? Then what did you go there to see? Someone dressed in fine clothing? Those who wear fine clothing are in royal palaces. Then why did you go out to see a prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom is written, Behold, I am sent, sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way before you. Amen, I say to you, among those born of women, there has been none greater than John the Baptist, yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. The Gospel of the Lord. Go tell John what you hear and see. Well, during this Advent season, once again, I'm speaking about prophets and prophecy. And so over the last couple of weeks of Advent, first Sunday, second Sunday, now on the third Sunday, first two Sundays, I, I gave a couple of explanations of prophets and prophecy, and I used a visual aid. Remember my gum band? Thank you very much, right? So, the, so I talked about how prophets seem confusing because they speak out of two sides of their mouth. They seem kind of multiple personalities sometimes. They speak about gloom and doom, and they speak about hope and imagination and what's possible. And so that's their way of kind of holding, or even, not even holding sometimes, they seem to actually name or create, point out the tension that's already there so that we can be more aware of the kingdom of God. And so then last week I talked about not only do they hold the tension, but they, they, I, I gave two other words for that, and that's how prophets both criticize and energize. That's their role, right? And they, they speak not just about the past or the future. They're actually speaking. They're not, they're not predicting as much as they're naming the present. They're naming the consequences of attitudes, behaviors, and hopes that are what that means in the present. And so they criticize and they energize so that, again, we can be more aware of that very presence of the kingdom of God and that affects our time, our reality, our space, our actions, our behaviors. And so criticize, energize, present, uh, hold the tension. Uh, today, I want to talk about one last aspect of prophecy that is incredibly uh, challenging to express. Now, by the way, two caveats here, two little asides. My mother says to me, Michael, you're being way too intellectual and philosophical, right? And so, so I'm denying my mother once again, and I'm going to probably get way too theological and philosophical for, for this homily, so I'm preparing you for that. And so this homily is going to border on... Father Michael is the most brilliant pastor I've ever encountered, right? Uh, and, and he has enlightened me, or he is speaking absolute gibberish and must have had more than, he must have had a couple of drinks before this mass, right? So that, that's what, this, can, this is going to fall somewhere between that. I hope 
it follows somewhere between that. Because today, I want to talk about how prophets experience God and experience the world around them. Experience both God and all of humanity. And again, when I'm starting to talk about that, I'm talking about, in many ways, how prophets relate and are in relationship with God and all of humanity. And so when I try to describe any relationship, right, it's all, it's, we, our words seem to sometimes fall short. And so I'm going to describe, as best I can, the way a prophet experiences and knows relationship with God and experiences and knows all of humanity. And I'm going to use a word for that. And it's a word that actually comes from one of the most, uh, probably the greatest and most in-depth biblical scholars from this last century. His name is Abraham Heschel. Abraham Heschel, it's one of, I had to read a couple of his books when I was going through seminary uh, and learning about prophets. Um, Abraham Heschel was a Jew born in Poland, educated in Germany prior to Nazi takeover. Uh, because of Nazi takeover, uh, he actually was a refugee to the United States. He then here in the United States in New York taught in both Jewish seminary as well as uh, Jewish college, um, and is known to be probably one of the foremost in this last century theologians speaking about scripture. And he describes the relationship that a prophet has with God and with all of humanity with a word, and I'm going to give you that word, and I'm going to do my best to explain it. My best. <laughs> all right. The word he uses is God's Pathos, P-A-T-H-O-S. If you want to find more about it, get one of Abraham Heschel's books. He talks about the experience a prophet has of God and all of humanity as experiencing God's pathos. And pathos, and I'm going to use lots of ways to kind of smattering describe this here, pathos is deep emotional relational involvement. God is not somebody who's a bystander in humanity, that God is deeply interwoven or intertwined into the reality of our lives, the actions and decisions and systems that are around us and that we experience. He's, he's deeply intertwined into them. And so the good that we do, he, he, he rejoices. God rejoices. The, the bad that we do and our brokenness and sinfulness, God mourns and weeps. So it's intense, emotional, relational involvement. And that's how a prophet experiences God, and not just God, but experiences all of humanity. Also, and deep relationship with, with one another. Now, it's not just about emotion. It's not just about intensity of passion or emotion. It's about intellect. It's about intention. It's about will. It's about justice. But a prophet sees humanity and God as God sees and experiences humanity. Boy. I'm getting myself deeper and deeper, aren't I? Okay, uh, so let me, let, me try, let me try to describe this in something that may help a bit for you, right? Think about some of the most intense, deep relationship relationships that you have. The relationship with children. The relationship with a spouse the relationship of a long-time life commitment you have with someone. And what happens in that situation, in that relationship, you can't just be a bystander, can you? Right? If you think about it. What happens is, when that person is doing well, you're doing well. When that person is not doing well, you're not doing well. It's like E.T. in the plant. <laughs> right? If you remember that movie. He had such a deep connection. You know, E.T. and the boy, were, were like their, their hearts were intertwined somehow. I, I just pulled that out of nowhere. I don't know why I thought of E.T., by the way. Uh, first movie I saw in the theater. Okay. Um, so, 
right? So it's like how you relate to your kids, how your kids relate to you, how you relate to a spouse, how you, how you relate to the deepest friendship you have, right? You care so much. You, you are so connected. That, and again, how do you describe that? How do you express that? But yet, you know out of love you must share things that are hard and you must share things that just make you want to dance and sing. You share such incredible depth and intimacy. That's kind of like, or a metaphor of, although falls short, of what a prophet's experience is of God and all of humanity around him. And so when there's goodness that happens, he, a prophet wants to you know, scream from the rooftops, talk with great poetry and song about how beautiful this is or what it could or should be, right? And at the same time, too, when there's brokenness, when there's injustices, which are around us all, he wants to name those and address those and talk about how those could be better. And that's that sense of criticizing and energizing. It's why sometimes we see prophets or hear prophets as kind of being kind of crazy. Because they speak with this incredible depth of relationship and love. And it's how they experience and see and hear the world that is around them. Well, once again, I don't know if that was profound or if that was gibberish, but there you have it. Okay? <laughs> Mom, you were right. <laughs> just, just the prophecy we heard proclaimed today, right? We have John the Baptist who's in prison because of experiencing the pathos of God. He's in prison because when you experience the pathos of God, you, you must somehow speak and act differently. And of course we know he's in prison because he called out Herod's stupidity and injustice, right? That's why he's in prison. Notice more importantly the reply that Jesus gives. When disciples of John come to him and say, are you the one or is there another? Remember, he's experiencing about the low of the lows right now. John the Baptist, in prison. Uh, probably no hope for light. And so he sends, is this really what this is supposed to be about? Is this what I gave my life for? Notice how Jesus replies. Go tell in John, go tell John what you see and what you hear. And that actually is seeing and hearing in the unique way of prophets and prophecy. Because a lot of people probably see or saw and heard and even see what Jesus was doing, right? Whatever that was, his healings. And he talks about the, the mute speaking, the deaf hearing, the, the you know, uh, the poor having the news, good news preached to them. A lot of people may have saw that and thought, oh, what's this? But in prophecy, knowing the radical relationship that God has with humanity and humanity with God, tell what you see and hear, and may no one find a stumbling block in me. The pathos of God experienced, seen, heard. No, okay. Why am I sharing this? Why is this important? Big question. Now, all that intellect stuff, philosophical, theological stuff. I probably experience the pathos of God more often than I'd like to admit. Me, Michael Stumpf, right? And, and I oftentimes don't even sometimes have a language to express that. It's one of the reasons why I'm standing in front of you right here, right now. Because I know the incredible relationship that God has with me and all of humanity and how much God loves, dances, sings, weeps, mourns, cries for us as God's people. 
And, and I say that, and I say I don't have a language, and I probably don't talk about that. As a matter of fact, I probably repress that a lot of times. I say that and I share that with you because I don't think that's just me. I bet that you too have times and experiences where you want to rejoice and sing, where you don't know exactly what the depth of that is really all about. That, that you see something and it makes you so sad, or you see something that makes your heart beat faster, and, and you can't actually describe why that is. I bet you have that, and probably like me, probably don't do much about it or talk about it because it seems weird. <laughs> it's an experience of God, God's pathos, God's radical relationship with us and God's people. Anything that has made you groan inside, anything that has made you, again, your heart race with excitement and you don't know exactly why, that's probably something beyond you. I, I would say that's a prophetic experience. Why else is this important? Because each and every one of us in baptism are anointed priest, prophet, and king. Every single one of us has a prophetic ministry. And we grow in that prophetic ministry when we tap more deeply into that pathos, that deep relationship that God has with us and with all of humanity. When it causes us to criticize and energize. That's part of every single Christian's ministry. And why else is that important? Because that's what will help great, bring a greater experience of what Christmas is supposed to be all about. It's not just about a tree and a gift or even a baby born. It's about the fact that God, the God of all creation, decides to wed himself, entwine himself even more fully than any prophet can preach and understand into the very humanity that is yours and mine. Uh, it, divine and human together in Christ Jesus. That's what the kingdom of God is supposed to be about. And we grow an understanding of that more we grow in the pathos of God. Maybe my mother was right. But what is it that you see and hear? Let us together please stand and profess. I believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages. God from God, who God and true God, begotten and not made consubstantial with the Father. Through him all things were made for us, for our salvation. He came down from heaven and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried and rose again on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. Believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sin. I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Knowing the love, the compassion that God has for us and for all of humanity, we bring these needs and prayers of petition. Our response is, come, Lord Jesus. That the whole church may experience an increase in faith, hope, and love during this Advent season, we pray.
Come, Lord Jesus. In the words of Pope Francis, Mary, Queen of Peace, comfort the martyred Ukrainian people and obtain from the heads of nations the strength of will to immediately bring the war to an end. We pray, come, Lord Jesus, that all people of the world know their worth and be protected in their rights to life, health care, and education. We pray, come, come Lord Jesus. For all those on our prayer request list in the bulletin, that their pain and suffering may be eased by our prayers. We pray, come, Lord Jesus. We go forth for a strengthening of international collaboration and efforts to address climate change. We pray, come, Lord Jesus. For all those who have died in our parish community, especially Joanne Eller, George uh, Grzycka, Thomas Angelo Milburn, and Mark Scholl, that they may be welcomed into God's kingdom. We pray, come, come Lord Jesus. We remember today C.J. Urim and all the intentions present on the altar, along with those that we hold in the silence of our hearts. We pray, come, Lord Jesus. Calling on the loving intercession of our patron and mother, we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Mary, Queen of Peace, pray for us.
So pray, sisters and brothers, my sacrifice and yours will be acceptable to God the Almighty Father. May the sacrifice of our worship, Lord, we pray, be offered to you unceasingly to complete what was begun in sacred mystery and powerfully accomplished for us, your saving work, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just. It is our duty and salvation always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, almighty and eternal God, through Christ. He assumed at his first coming the lowliness of human flesh and so fulfilled the design you formed long ago and opened for us the way to eternal salvation. That when he comes again in glory and majesty and all is at last made manifest, we who watch for the day may inherit the great promise which we now dare to hope. And so with all the angels, thrones, dominions, with hosts and powers of heaven, we sing a hymn of your glory as without end we acclaim. You are indeed holy to be glorified, for you love the human race and you always walk with us this journey of life. Blessed indeed is your Son who is present in our midst as we're gathered by his love, as he once did for his disciples and now for us opens the scriptures and breaks the bread. Therefore, Father most merciful, send forth your Holy Spirit, sanctify these gifts of bread and wine, that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. The day he was to suffer, the night of the Last Supper, he took bread, said the blessing, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, saying, take this, all of you, and eat of it. This is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, again giving thanks, gave it to his disciples, saying, take this, all of you, and drink from it. This is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. Save us, save us, Savior of the world. For by your cross and resurrection, you have set us free. Therefore, Holy Father, we celebrate the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Savior, whom you led through his passion and death on the cross to the glory of the resurrection, and whom you seated at your right hand. We proclaim the work of his love until he comes again, and we offer you the bread of life, the chalice of blessing. Look with favor on this oblation of your church, which we show forth the paschal sacrifice of Christ that has been handed on to us. By the power of the spirit of your love, may we be counted now and for all eternity among the members of your son in his body and blood, we have communion. Having called us to your table, Lord, confirm us in unity, together with Francis, our Pope, David, our Bishop, 
your, your clergy and the entire people, that we will walk always the ways of faith and hope, and we will strive to bring your joy and trust to the world. Remember all of our sisters and brothers who have fallen asleep in the peace of Christ and all the, the dead whose faith you alone have known. Admit them to rejoice in the light of your face. In the resurrection, give them fullness of life. Grant also to us, when our earthly pilgrimage is done, that we would come to the eternal dwelling place to live with you forever in communion with the blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, Saint Joseph, her blessed spouse, the blessed apostles, the martyrs, and with all your saints, we shall praise you and exalt you through Jesus Christ, your Son. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen, amen, amen. Trusting the kingdom of God present and in its fullness to come at the Savior's command informed by divine teaching, we dare to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from Deliver us, Lord, we pray from all evil. Graciously grant peace in our day. That by the help of your mercy, we may be free from sin, safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope, the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, you said to your apostles and to us, peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not in our sin, but the faith of your church. Grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, for you live and reign forever and ever. Amen. Peace of the Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other a sign of peace. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. For those of us celebrating virtually, we offer an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most blessed sacrament. I love you above all things. 
and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen.
Together, let us please stand and let us pray. We implore your mercy, Lord, that this divine sustenance may cleanse us of fault and prepare us for the coming feast. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Announcement at the beginning of Mass talked about Deacon Frank leading a uh, tour of St. Adelbert's Church, but actually we decided to do everything we were going to do in Advent this week. So please check the bulletin as well as our website, uh, the uh, flock note emails. Uh, there is, a, uh, of course, Music on the Mount, which uh, Dr. Coker gave us a little preview of. That's tomorrow. Monday is a Tuesday uh, prayer service, Advent prayer service. Wednesday is the light is on for you, um, which is uh, one church in every parish is supposed to be open uh, for prayer, for confession, to talk to a priest if somebody wanted to do that. Um, and I think, that's, I think that's it. Did I forget anything else? Everything. We're doing everything this week. So if you're not holy by the end of the week, it's our own fault, right? If we don't understand the pathos of God a little bit more fully by the end of the week, experience it, okay? The Lord be with you. May the blessings of Almighty God be upon you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Mass is ended. Go in peace. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. Our closing song is number 409, People Look East. We'll sing verses 1, 4, and 5. Keep the watch when no